0: Now for those tender little white breasts. Do it once, do it twice, do it over and over again. I'll do it any way you want. My one purpose in life is to please you.
1: Hi there. I'm Brian Colon, and I'm the creator of Rampage, the arcade game, among others. And you're listening to the Pie Factory Podcast with Sean and Jim. Unless I'm not supposed to say their names because the kind of stuff they put out there probably makes me think they want some anonymity. However... The fact that I misplaced, misplaced, mispronounced, means that this whole thing is for s**t, and that's why I probably shouldn't do intros. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to to another episode of Pie Factory Podcast. Oh, thank you. you're, You're quite welcome, kind sir. Uh, Once again, from Morris, Illinois, uh, this is your old friend, Jimmy G. And this is your new
0: friend, Sean, from Chicago, questionably Illinois.
1: New-ish friend, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm definitely older than you. Oh, yes, you are. So,
0: um, how have you been, Sean? You're you're a decade older than me, technically, because you were born in a different decade from me.
1: Sure, you can go there. Um, are you drinking
0: any refreshing beverages tonight? I, you know, funny you should ask, because I'm going to hold this in front of my webcam, which I have since uh, disabled to save on bandwidth. I have a glass of bold ginger ale.
1: It's bold enough to bold dog. You taste buds and hogs, tie your tongue. That's how bold this stuff is. You little priss and I mean it's bold. Bold. Oh. 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 you on some?
0: It's not from Cowboy Mike, no, but it's... Now, the thing is, I was curious about this because I saw it in a store. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I love ginger ale. It was, oh, who, it's, a, it's either Canada Dry or Can... I think it's Canada Dry because I like trying different ginger ales that aren't cranberry ginger ale. And I saw that bold ginger ale, so I decided to try it. Now, something that I never thought of, but this is definitely the case. Over the years, ginger ale has gotten very mellow.
1: Yes, and it definitely has.
0: I remember that. Like, say, if you you give me a, bo- a bottle of, say, Canada Dry ginger ale right now, just regular old Canada Dry ginger ale. You know, I'll drink it and I'll like it, but it's not the same ginger ale I remember having. Say, when I was sick as a little kid, because I
1: I remember Verner's ginger ale. That stuff had kick you i don't think you can get it around our area anymore uh but i from what i understand it's I, from what i understand it was actually a detroit thing that came over huh. here for a while and i remember that stuff had so much ginger in it that if you inhaled the fumes it would start making you cough
0: yeah the, i can get i can get verners pretty easily like like at jewel and other places up up by me i i gotta say i don't i really don't like verners i, I just don't but the thing about this bold ginger ale, mm-hmm. this tastes exactly as how I remember the ginger ale I would drink when I was a sick kid. Because I remember thinking, man, this stuff tastes like the smell of the floor cleaner. I think it was Pine Sol <laughs> that, my, that my mother used, used to use. And I liked it. I didn't drink the floor cleaner, obviously, but I drank the ginger ale. And man, the bold ginger ale, this is the stuff. I mean, lately when I go for a ginger ale, it's been the blackberry ginger ale because it's so freaking mm-hmm. good, but I'm really digging this. Now, and, hard gi- yeah.
1: hard, use, hard, ginger ale, so it's alcoholic, obviously. mm Oh, no, it isn't. No. They just call it hard. They call it bold. Oh, bold. I'm sorry. I bold. thought you said hard ginger yeah. ale. I think they do make hard ginger ale. Is there like not your father's
0: ginger ale or something? I, have,
1: I think there might be. I, I have, know there's a root beer and a cola.
0: Yeah, and I think there's also a Mountain Dew equivalent. And there's a cream soda that's Mm -hmm. really good. I have not had a a Not Your Dad's uh, or Not Your Father's whatever in a long time. So how about you? Are you drinking a refreshing beverage?
1: A bush beer.
0: Ooh. No, let me rephrase that. Refreshing.
1: A refreshing bush beer. Bush.
0: I didn't think that was possible. uh,
1: Yeah, I know. People are like, oh, that's like the cheap beer, the not good stuff. Well, you know what? When I drink beer, on the rare occasion I do, I don't like my beer to taste like pine cones, so no IPAs for me. And it's cheap, and it's, it's not offensive. It's, it's decent. Now, you might be asking me why I have any beer. You might not be. I don't know. But I made some Cincinnati chili last week, and um, whenever I have, like, a soup recipe or something or, like, a roast or whatever, and it says to use water, um, I replace it with beer because I think if you're going to put a liquid in there, put something in there that will at least give a little flavor. And so that's why I bought the beer. I put, like, two cans in the chili. The chili turned out pretty good, not like Skyline like I like, but it still turned out pretty good. And, um, yeah, so I had four cans of beer left over and now after I finish this one, I will have one.
0: I still have not had official Skyline chili. I've just had the, uh, Cincinnati style that my wife makes, which is amazing.
1: You can get the Skyline at least down here at the Walmart in cans. Um, I had, last couple times I was to the Walmart, they ran out and I think it's me and one other guy in town uh-huh. are buying them up, but, um but you can get it at Walmart in the cans. So, so have you been playing anything, Sean?
0: Funny you should ask, and that, yeah, it's hysterically <laughs> hey. funny you should ask. I'm still participating in the uh, High Score Challenge on Atari, the Atari Age Facebook page that uh, uh, Ryan Illingsworth hosts. Uh, what did I play? I played uh, Beanie Bopper, which okay. you turned into Beanie Baby Bash at one point many years yeah, ago. I did. And I, the thing the thing I like about this particular uh, competition thing is that it's making me play a lot of games that i never touched and i'm really liking a lot of the stuff we're playing like beanie uh beanie bopper uh what was it Worm war one i loved Worm war one
1: Worm war one is one of my favorite games it's a very very underrated title
0: yeah oh man i don't remember what else uh,
1: i would go out and i would go out on a limb and say that 20th century fox is a highly underrated 2600 developer oh Plus i one. totally agree yeah. I, despite its flaws, for some reason, I still... No, Towering Inferno was U.S. games. That's right. But I still stand by uh, f- f- 20th Century Fox being underrated.
0: And another thing, like, Ferg on his Discord server, mm-hmm. there are people do, who, for some reason, decided to play uh, Junior Pac-Man on the Atari 2600, so I played that for a little bit. Uh, didn't do so hot, but then again, I don't think anybody did. Because that mm-hmm. is a freaking hard game. Mm-hmm. Um, also... I've been working from home, obviously, for the past almost three months, and there are times when my work has been kind of slow, so I just take a little break and play Atari 7800 Centipede in expert mode, and it took me about two months before I could actually break 100,000 on expert mode on that, because it was so freaking difficult. And of course, I I've, I've played the games that we're going to be talking about this morning, and also, also, I, I finally got to spend some quality time with Untitled Goose Game, and man, I there's there's one thing I hate about it, and that's mm-hmm. that it is such a power sucker. Like if you play, really? if you play it on a laptop, you have to have your laptop plugged in you have oh, to wow. but that's the only thing i don't like about it but it is so much fun it is it's it is quirky as hell it is hysterically funny especially and I, i'm i'm happy to say i only needed a walkthrough for one task and i don't remember oh it was the 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 task when you have to make the the uh, groundskeeper hammer yes. his thumb that was the only one i needed a uh walkthrough for I but. needed
1: a I needed a few but uh my favorite point in the game so far I haven't played it in a while was uh, getting the goose on television <laughs> that was hilarious oh the
0: thing I love that particular scene because I, I mean I know this is a terrible thing to say but that kid deserves all the abuse the goose <laughs> has to has to do to him he deserves it he's just yeah I don't know he deserves to be trapped in a phone booth. He deserves to have to buy back his own airplane.
1: Oh gosh, I, did, I think I did the buy back his own airplane thing on accident. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I me mean, too. I
0: could not figure it. because every time I couldn't get him over to the shop. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I think you have to somehow make him and the shopkeeper kind of you got to make eye contact. Them. Yeah, yeah. But man, that was that's fun. I'm I, right now. I'm I'm. Uh, one step beyond that i'm on the screen where you're kind of going back and forth between two yards mhm and like you have to make the uh the guy spit his tea out and you have to oh jeez make the uh, the woman next door like put clothes on you mhm but yeah i mean it is so much fun it really really is it's it's one of the most original things i've played in a long time mm. But other than that, that's been my. G- oh, I uh, I do have a gaming related well pickup, as some people would say, something that arrived in the mail for me today, uh, that I'm going to be using with my uh, Mister FPGA setup, and that is a 2600 adapter. Oh, yeah, really?
1: Yeah, I need yeah. to get me one of those DB9 DB9 adapters. Yeah, that I don't know do if this is what the- I don't know
0: if this is what the Vision adapter is like that you've. Uh, preached about before but it's interesting in that the usb connector is usb b i think you right, printer connecting yeah which yeah, i was so two. happy to see because i have like three of those cables here that, I, <laughs> that don't go to anything because every other usb device i have has a cable accounted for it it's like finally but yeah other than that i think that's uh that's it for games um i haven't been to an arcade because uh, and none of the arcades Coleman. have been open except for Prince Arcades, which just opened. They just reopened.
1: And because of recent events, they closed almost as fast as they opened. Well, yeah,
0: the thing is, the entire shopping center was closed, so that's why they were closed. It was right. only for one day. They're back open now. And uh, yeah, I can imagine the bigger arcades aren't aren't really ready yet because I know that Scott, the, uh, uh, on, Scott at Underground Retrocade, I think he said, yeah, we're not ready yet. <laughs>
1: Anderata. Anderata. Anderata.
0: Anderata. Well, actually, there's an update since uh, we recorded this episode. Underground Retrocade will actually be opening on June 12th. Now, back to episode 112, already in progress.
1: Yeah, and um, I don't think um, Galloping, Galloping Ghost is definitely not ready yet. Yeah, they got, a, they hope. got, they got some stuff ahead of them to do.
0: Yeah, I'm sure of it. But hey, when when, when these guys are ready to open, I'm going to be there. Now, if yeah, they all open on the same day, that's going to be a little bit tricky, unless I, I, I don't know, unless I do a Fred Flintstone going bowling and going uh, on a date with Wilma thing. <laughs> but, hey. Yep, hey. It's easy to do so, with Pixel Blast and uh, Galloping Ghost, actually. They're pretty close to each other, I think.
1: Uh, Pixel Blast is probably closer to Prince. Hmm, really? Now, a car- Pixel Blast and, and Galloping Ghost are on the same road. They're both... No, they're not. Sort of, well, they're he, he's just like a couple blocks. Yeah. Pixel Blast is a couple blocks south of Ogden Avenue. That's right. They're, they might as well be on the same road.
0: But yeah, I can't. I can't wait to get back. But I, I will say this: I am going to be ultra careful when I get back to any of these places. I'm going to have a mask on my face. Mm-hmm. Probably going to carry some uh, vinyl gloves with me just to be extra safe, so I don't spread any
1: diseases. I'm going to slather myself head to toe with hand sanitizer. Yeah, and
0: I and I would not be surprised if they all had hand sanitizer right there. On sl- like before... Uh, well, be- the ghost always does. Yeah. The
1: ghost has hand sanitizer at the front, but I think they're going to probably have more of it available. Yeah,
0: it's like, yeah, this is serious stuff. We got to be careful out there. So, yeah, when they're ready, I will be ready. And thank God my parents don't listen to podcasts because my mother would be like, yeah, but he's not ready to come to see us, is he? <laughs>
1: Don't get me started. It's like,
0: yeah, it's like, yeah, you, yeah, Dad's eighty now, and um, yeah, I don't want to give, yeah, he's eighty and he has COPD. I don't want to risk potentially spreading COVID nineteen to him that I might not know that
1: I have. So I didn't know your dad was eighty. He just turned eighty. Fascinating, but then again, you—I was gonna say late bloomer—but you do have an older brother, so yeah, my older
0: brother is ten years older
1: than me. Yeah, so I guess it's not surprising. I think he's older than my dad by only like three years. Three or four years. Wow. Our parents are getting old.
0: How about you? uh, What about me? How about about you and gaming and stuff?
1: Okay. I regret to inform everybody that, yes, with everything going on, with me being out of work, which might change soon, and with um, COVID-19 and the stay-at-home and all that, I started playing World of Warcraft again. Oh, boy. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't help that my uh, cousin, who's been playing it for years... Actually, he played started playing it before I did, and he still plays it. He got me into it and got me started. So I started with a bunch of, like, good new equipment and gold and stuff. So I had an advantage. Still didn't really make the game much easier for me because I'm not much of a statistician. I think that's the right word. So there's that. I haven't been playing much of anything else, really, other than the games we're talking about. Yeah. That's pretty much been my, uh, forte, if you will.
0: You're loud? Yes, my loud. That's what forte means. It means loud.
1: Uh-huh. I was actually talking about Will Forte, you know, the guy from Saturday Night oh, yeah, Live. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he produced yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that 70s show, yeah. Yeah, I've been talking about, I meaning about him because he, I've been playing World of Warcraft with him. Huh. I heard somewhere, that, that like, Vin Diesel plays World of Warcraft, and I'm kind of curious what, uh, what server he's, I don't care what his character name is. He probably, he might not, well, I don't know. He still plays Dungeons and Dragons, so you, you never know. I
0: wonder if my niece ever learned that, because she was talking about how she was going to be doing a podcast with people that would uh, require her to learn Dungeons and Dragons. I have to ask her really? if she ever got around to that. Your sister? My niece.
1: Oh, your niece, I'm sorry. Your niece, wow. Yeah.
0: I don't know what the hell my sister is doing, because I never met her. Uh-huh. Nor do I know that she ever existed. Oh, Right on account of my parents never told me about having a sister, so. Okay. So If there's something you know,
1: then... Well, I hate to say it, but no. At any rate, so that's pretty much all I've been up to, other than also watching a lot of YouTube, but... Hmm. Well, as far as news goes, let's just roll the theme out right away, get this done with. Oh, no. You know the theme. You know the theme I'm talking about. Hyde, you know the one. Let's get it going. This week in Robot Okay, John Champeau of Champ Games.
0: Oh, Champ Game! I love Champ Games.
1: Yep. Uh, put out a 9-level, maybe is a 10-level demo of the, a new title that's going to be released for the Atari 2600 next year because they got oh, other
0: yes, yes.
1: projects, other projects they're finishing up first. And yes, it's Robotron yep. for the Atari 2600. Um, it's... Flickery, but nothing out of line. Nothing that's not. Nothing that's terrible. It's not Pac-Man level of flicker. Um, Seriously, if this
0: were out now, as it is, I even though I have the seventy-eight hundred Robotron, I would buy it.
1: Oh gosh, me too. And it's uh, dual joystick controlled. You can do dual or single. Obviously, from playing the game, it's um, it's I, it's still like in its early its early stage. I mean, obviously, they still have work to do. There's still, I think, some control issues. Um, that need to be addressed, and um, I'm not going to speak for John. He knows what he's working on. He's 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 brilliant. I'm not going to bother him with nit- nitpicks. The fact that he even has a 10-level demo in as good a shape as it is is just freaking amazing. So, yeah, so Robotron is coming for the Atari 2600. Man. Which is awesome. Like I said, there's a 10-level demo. You can get it on Atari H. Link in the uh, show there, notes. Link in the show notes. And there are several videos on YouTube uh, demonstrating it. Uh, just be aware, because of the way that uh, the game works, the video might not be the greatest. You might only see like partial characters because of the flickering of the Atari 2600. But um, having played it, I'm like, wow. This is something I thought I would never see achieved on the 2600 ever. I kind of hoped that one of the games he's almost done with, I don't think he released yet, Zookeeper. Um, oh, I kind of figured Zookeeper, we would see either the prototype for some time because Atari was working on it. And there's been the sound files have been, have been found and a video of the character animation. So they were working on it, and who knows how complete it was. So I knew Zookeeper, as technical as it is, was going to be released someday. But uh, Robotron was just out of left field. I mean, they did make a prototype version for the Atari Graduate Computer add-on, which never saw the light of day. Supposedly, one person who saw it at a trade show said, it was the most flickery thing I've ever seen. (laughs) But um, I can't, it's it's just a 10-level demo, and I I can't stop singing the praises of what they've achieved for a product that's not going to be ready to be released until next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the amazing part. He's still working on it, and it's as good as it is.
0: I see, which makes me think, I wonder if it's just next year simply because they're, they they want to put it out at Portland Retro Gaming Expo, which this year was canceled. Could be. Because it seems to me that any, th- like any Atari homebrews, it's always PRGE that's the big launch.
1: Yeah, it does seem that way. So look for it. Download it. Play it in your favorite emulator. Don't know if it'll work on a cart. Uh, Cause I don't have a cart for my for twenty six hundred, but yeah, enjoy it. It's there's no way you can't enjoy it. I just so happened to have my eight uh, bit do uh, SN thirty Pro Plus. I was able to map the left joystick on the um, on the controller to the to the left joystick in Stella, and the right joystick on the controller to the right joystick in Stella. So I had both. I was able to do two player at one time. Nice or uh, two player, one player, two joysticks at one time
0: oh man what else is coming out uh somewhere hmm. down the line i don't i don't know if there's any kind of release date on the horizon but a work in progress atari 7800 pac-man collection revised for the xm did you see that video i don't remember if i showed i might have it's been a while oh my god i can't believe
1: the xm is finally going to be coming out they're they're in the final stages of it they're it's really moving forward yeah.
0: now. They're in the developers' hands right now. The developers, like the, the developer copies are out there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, oh my God, the P- Pac-Man, color, it's stunning. It's basically arcade duplicate right down to the sprites, the maze layout. The only thing is because of the, the, the resolution and things, the entire maze doesn't fit on the screen. So there's mm-hmm. a tiny bit of scrolling, not junior Pac-Man level of scrolling, but like just like, say, the upper eighth of the screen, for example, might scroll off, but that's it.
1: I think Ms. Pac-Man on the Genesis was like that.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, this is... Yeah, and there was someone who kind of... Who, posted a criticism on youtube was like yeah this isn't really pac-man though because now the screen scrolls which throws off the entire strategy no it does not no it does not Uh, the only way you're not going to be able to see say all four of the monsters is if any of them are on say the very top row of the maze and Mm -hmm. even all the way up there that's not gonna it shouldn't affect your strategy really at least not that much but it was just absolutely stunning it's pretty much like the, uh, in terms of game variations, it's pretty much like his previous Pac-Man collection for the 7800. It's got Pac-Man, uh, Ms. Pac-Man, Hangley Man, uh, I think Ultra Pac-Man. It's got, it's, it has all those uh, weird variations on it, but they are like arcade perfect. The XM sounds are almost 100% arcade perfect, and it's, it's just mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And uh, the thing is, I think Bob said that you don't need an XM to play it. The XM will be basically for the enhanced sound, but mm-hmm. you can play you can play it on an unenhanced 7800, and it'll just use the TIA chip.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even then, that's gonna be just <sighs> um, wow. Just w- and uh, after Baby Pac-Man, I was like, "There's no way. There's no way that Bob's gonna outdo himself again." Man, every single time I say that, every time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess my only criticism is I was kind of hoping they would go for some sort of a different game other than Pac-Man first, something that hasn't been done uh, for the XM. But, you know, it is what it is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I dig what you're saying. And the thing is, like, Pac-Man Plus is his handle, so the phrase Pac-Man is going to be forever tied to him, probably. True, very true. Yeah, and as long as Namco does not respond to him at all, despite his numerous attempts to get their blessings, he's going to keep
1: doing backman stuff. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's got other stuff that he's working on too. Like he's he has, yeah, he's always
1: got like a bunch yeah, of projects. Yeah, I
0: think he's got like an original game he's working on for the seventy eight hundred. I forgot what it's called. That's been in progress for a long time. Uh, Resolve. Resolve. That's it. Yes,
1: that's one. I think it's like a top down like zombie game, except it takes place in a city and it's got like yeah. roads and stuff in it, which literally looks fun. I know he's been trying to work on defender. Yes. Yes. I'd like to see somebody do moon patrol for 7,800.
0: That would be really cool. You no, know, I want to see somebody take a uh, bonk and do enhanced mm-hmm. sounds on that for the XM or for the pokey bonk. Is that what's it's graphically amazing, but the sound could be better. And it's probably yeah. the best that Ken could have done with the TIA chip. True.
1: Yeah. The thing is, though, you I mean, the Tia, as we said before, I mean, the Tia chip, uh, you get the right person on it, and they've been able to work wonders with it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's just freaking berserk on the 7800. B- berserk and friendly. Wh- Hell, f- frenzy. Th- friendly. Th- hmm, no. Frenzy,
1: yeah. I think Asteroids on, this tw- on the 7800 has really excellent sound. Oh, I love
0: the sound. Like, you have those little... Like the interstellar news.
1: transmission yeah, sort I, of things. Oh, yeah. I
0: love. that. Oh, oh I, I forgot. I also been playing, uh, I, I know this is nothing new over the last several episodes, but I've been playing Mr. Do in MAME a lot lately, and I got over 350,000 uh, a couple of days oh, ago. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's getting there. I, I'm still going to need a booster lesson from uh, Bruce Widmer next time he's in town, but mm-hmm. hey. Uh,
1: do we have any emails?
0: I think we have one from Eugenio.
1: I get so many emails these days with, like, people from, from about jobs and stuff. (laughs) Nobody wanting to hire me. Yeah, here it is. Uh,
0: Uh, Uh, Greetings, Sean and Jim. Jim, um, I'm looking to get a hire in my doctor's office. Uh, Oh, wait, no. uh, Sorry. wrong. Yeah, we do have, it's uh, from May 4th. We might want to hold off on it until uh, later.
1: Okay, yeah, let's uh, let's hold off on that until the end because, as per usual, he's talking about the games that we're talking about today, which is awesome. Yes. So, um, I think with that, we should probably just jump right on in. What do you think? Yeah,
0: let's jump right on in.
1: So, which game do you want to jump right in on?
0: Uh, let's do uh, Daytona USA.
1: Don't! I'm setting you up. Sure, we can talk about well, Daytona okay, USA. if you really want to. I no, could... no, no. Okay, we'll do this because that way I can when you're talking, I can mute the microphone and put my fan on and get some delicious, cool air. Ooh. So, Okay, Daytona USA was released in 1994 by wow. Sega. D- Daytona USA was released in 1994 by Sega. Sega. Even though I've seen some reports saying that it was released for a little bit in 1993, the copyrights on the game does say 1993. But um, So this game is a driving game. Duh. So you got a steering wheel, your accelerator pedal, brake pedal gear shift, game start button. but it's also got four VR buttons there and they're colored red, green, yellow, and blue. I don't remember which order they're in, but they offer different perspectives of the game. The way they go is the leftmost button. you can if you hit that, you view the game from the inside of your car. If you hit the one next to the right of that, you can view the game from inside your car but you see the hood. Uh, the third one you're slightly behind your car. And the fourth button, you behind and a little above the car. You get a choice of manual or automatic transmission in your vehicles, and there are three different tracks. There's the beginner, which is an eight-lap oval circuit with 40 cars in the race. It's kind of a city. Uh, There's an advanced race, which is the Grand Canyon course, which is my favorite course, by the way. Uh, Four laps with 30 cars in the race. And then there's the expert course, which is a seaside course, which is only two laps, but uh, you have 20 cars in the race. It's kind of a beach-a-mountain thing. Uh, here's the I- irony of this game. It's called Daytona USA, yet none of the race courses are actually in Daytona, Florida.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The fact that it's uh, there are mountains in the background of um, the beginner and expert courses uh, kind of drives that home, because I don't think there's a Mount Fuji in anywhere near Daytona Beach, so... There you go. I
0: haven't been there in over thirty some years. I don't know. I've,
1: I've never heard. been. I may have been through it. I, I was know.
0: there for like an hour.
1: So yeah. Um, so it's it's a car racing game. We've talked about him in the vein of uh, in the vein of pole position. Uh, you don't have to do a qualifying lap. It's just just strike right into the race. <laughs> um, th- with the beginner track, you actually get a rolling start. The other ones you start at the start line. The graphics in this game are amazing. Oh, my God. This is probably the most beautiful game I think we've reviewed on this show so far. Uh, If not, it's pretty dang close. We've talked about audio-visual feasts. This game is a visual feast. It so is. From what I understand, Ridge Racer by by Namco came out like the year before or something, and uh, Sega wanted to do something that even blew that out of the water. Now, I had never seen... Uh, Ridge Racer in the arcade in my area. Um, I think this is when I was working at the Louis Joliet Mall at the A&W, so I would frequent the arcade there a lot more often than normal. Mm. And of course, there's obviously nods to other Sega properties. In one of the races, there's kind of a monument carved into one of the mountains with Sonic the Hedgehog on it. Uh, yes, this came out after Sonic the Hedgehog. The only thing I really don't like about this game is the Daytona song. Daytona. And it just like kind of repeats. It's like a, it's almost like a six-second loop. It just constantly repeats, and I hate it. It's not not even good catchy. It's bad catchy. Hmm. And um, yeah. Now, one other thing I did forget to mention about this game is you can network up to eight cabinets. I think one of the most uh, common formats is just two cabinets linked together. When I saw this at the Louis Joliet Mall back in the day, hint hint that there's where I first <laughs> saw it. Uh, it was just a it was just a single unit, uh, and it was a stand up. I believe this was also available in a cockpit, although I don't know. I, that's actually one thing I forgot to look up. I would imagine it's probably in a cockpit. It would make sense for the style of game.
0: I well, I got a feeling for the given the style of game there, it probably wasn't really cockpit friendly because I do believe like the standard uh, Daytona USA was always like you actually step inside a model car.
1: Hmm. I might be wrong. I think you're wrong on that. do oh! But I don't know. So, there's a lot of trivia in this game. Um, I took a lot of this from uh, our usual sources. Um, this was such a killer app for Sega that um, it says that no other company has matched it in terms of profitability. And some people in the industry have been known to say about other games that underperform or calling it saying... Uh, it's no Daytona. Uh, the game has statues of Sonic and Jeffrey from Virtua Fighter inside the game. A limited edition soundtrack album from the game was released by, uh, let me see here, T-Y-C-Y-5-3, that's probably the number, uh, on September 7th in 1994. There is a time attack mode in the game. If At the transmission select screen, if you hold the start and press the accelerator, uh, you can get to it. In, uh, then you, only the cars controlled by players are shown in action. If, if you score high enough to rank in the mode, the letters TA for time attack will be next to your, to your score in the ranking table. There's a bunch of hidden music in the game. If you play it, well, good enough to get the high score table, if you enter certain initials, you can get uh, some of the uh, music from, say, say, those classic games. Like, you enter H.O., you get Hang On, A.B., oh, yeah. Afterburner, QTT, Quartet... Um, Thunderblade to T. B. So on and so forth. There's at least fifteen, maybe twenty games. Uh, F. Z. would get Fantasy Zone when i Fantasy Zone, one of my favorite Sega Master System games. There's a special ending, but you have to place third or better yep. in every course to get it. Supposedly there's a secret view. Of, now I tried this and it didn't seem to work, so I'm gonna have to check my um, my controller mappings uh, in the emulator I played it in. But if you hit the start button and you hold. The view change buttons 2, 3, and 4 You can get an, says you can get an overall view of the race area. On the beginner track, there's a slot machine that crosses on a stone arch. If you press start to stop the movement of the wheels, you will get to play the slot machine. If you get a 777, huh. you get 7 seconds of extra time. Huh. If you get 3 bars, you'll get 5 seconds of extra time. On the intermediate course, if you drive on to the elevated path just before the pit road, there's a pit road in this game, but I don't know if it... I, I haven't been able to find out if it actually does anything for your car or not. If anyone else has played it, uh, let us know. But uh, yeah. I have not been able to figure that out. I'm going to have to play this some more. But uh, in the intermediate course, if you drive on the elevated path, there will be a billboard that says uh, you, that you lost your sponsors. Then, of course, there's like other things, like uh, if you stop on the last corner on an expert course, seagulls will get close to your car. Uh, if you try the second lap in reverse, statue will be standing on its hands. Stuff like that. One, okay. I mentioned how I didn't like the the Daytona theme song at the end of the game, where it says "Game Over." The uh, the soundtrack sings "Game Over." G A M E O V E R. G A M E O so, V yeah, E R. And like, rub it in. There are a couple of sequels to this game. Oh yeah, Daytona USA Two, Battle on the Edge, USA Two Power Edition, and then of course Sega Classic Racing. And there's an unreleased prototype of the game on the Sega Mega Drive, uh, otherwise known as the Genesis. And uh, it was on the Saturn, along with the Daytona USA Championship Circuit Edition. The Daytona USA Championship Circuit Netlink Edition. And that's all I have about actually describing the game. This was hard to get running in an emulator. Now, as I said, I did play this in the arcade back in the day uh, at Aladdin's Castle, Louis Joliet Mall. And... um, this is widely considered one of, if not the best, driving game ever released in the arcade. And I can see why, because this game really needs to be played to be, uh, to be believed. Yes. As I said, I had some trouble getting this together, getting this running, and I had to do a lot of digging. I uh, couldn't get it running in MAME. I found out that the ROM file that was out there, I had to, edit, had to open the zip file and add three additional ROMs from another game, the game of which I'm blanking at the minute. Then I had to load the, what was it, the Sega System 2 emulator? Yeah, yeah. I believe it was. Uh, yeah. And um, it took me a while to figure that out and to map the controllers and everything. But uh, uh, When you got it running, did you have a lot of graphical glitches? None
0: at all. Really? Really. Okay, it must be that I, I need some more of those files. That must be what it is. Because, yeah, mine was, uh, there were a lot of graphical glitches, but it didn't really affect my... Potential enjoyment of the game. But anyway, mm-hmm. go uh, go on, please.
1: Well, that's pretty much all I have to say. Oh. Um, absolutely love this game. This is, in my opinion, easily probably the best racing game in the arcade I've ever played. I'm just going to say that right now.
0: No, I'm one of those people who, I will not watch a car race. I won't. Mm-hmm. I'll say something probably ill-informed like, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and watch someone make a left turn 500 times or whatever.
1: What did George Carlin say? Driving 500 miles in a circle does not impress me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's totally me. That, excuse me, pardon my grammar, that's totally I. But having said that, I love racing games. I I mm-hmm. love like outrun, I love turbo outrun especially. Uh, I really enjoy pole position. Oh man, there are a lot on the Amiga. There was Vroom. Uh, mm-hmm. Test drive a uh, Lotus. I loved those games a I lot. I loved
1: Stunt Car Racer on the Atari ST. I believe that was on the Amiga as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. In fact, earlier today, someone uh, posted a picture of himself playing it on Amiga five hundred.
1: Uh, what else?
0: Oh, uh, Micro Machines. Loved that one too. Mm-hmm. And Daytona USA. I never played before. I'm pretty sure I've. I know I've seen it out mm. there in the wild. But of course, it was one of those newfangled games you probably have to keep pumping money into. So of course, I wasn't going to play the damn thing. But playing it in MAME, though, I remember when I first loaded it up after we decided we were going to talk about this game. I, mind blown. Seriously. Seriously. And yeah, it is very difficult to emulate if you don't have the proper controller. Yes. Uh, I mo- Usually when I do MAME, it's on my laptop and I usually don't... Con- Connect a controller or anything. I did eventually find that if you pick automatic transmission, it's very playable with a trackpad in MAME, believe it or not. And oh my goodness, I was so digging it, so digging it. Just such a great racer.
1: Oh. It mapped really well to my SN30 Pro controller. Um, what's, on
0: the uh, what's the SN30 Pro again?
1: That's the 8-bit dough controller. Well, I mean, the- what is it? What's it resemble? It's, uh resembles a uh, Super Nintendo controller, but it's got a couple of handle grips on it.
0: Okay, okay.
1: With two analog joysticks.
0: Oh, I should try it with uh, the PS4 controller I have, even though I don't have a PS4. Huh. Oh, man. But it was just so cool. Such a I. And the thing, here's the crazy thing. you know. I really can't wait to go out and find this game, Daytona USA, out in the wild mm-hmm. and play the damn thing. The problem is... You're not going to find it at the kinds of arcades we go to. You're not. Doc doesn't have it at uh, Galloping Ghost. Uh, they don't have it at uh, the Retrocade, Pixel Blast, Prince Arcades. Uh, unless, well, then again, anything can happen between the time now mm. and uh, the episodes actually released. I didn't see uh, Grinker's in Eagle, Idaho listed. Uh, it's all at the same kinds of places, like Family Fun Centers, bars, and mm-hmm. your Dave & Buster's kind of places. Yeah. Which is a shame. but uh, oh, and, and on top of all that, I saw two San Diego locations listed on orcade.com, A U R C A D E. And uh, the wife and I were going to be going to San Diego next month, providing things don't uh, suddenly take a turn for the worse. And neither of those two locations are anywhere near where we're going to be staying. So, oh, like, yeah. of course. Oh, man. <laughs> but hey, what am I going to do? I so can't. I, and I looked for. I remember you told me that the PC version is pretty close. And mm-hmm. of course I, I'm trying to find the PC version so I can run it virtually or something. I saw that Daytona USA two was available for the Mac. And when I clicked on the link, it was no longer in the Sega store. So it's like, man, somebody doesn't want me to play this game.
1: I had such a hard time trying to get it to emulate in Maine that I went on eBay and I found a Daytona USA for windows, uh, CD. And, then I um, tried to run it on my Windows 98 virtual machine, and of course it wouldn't run.
0: I can't get it to run virtually on Windows 98 either.
1: So, yeah, I got the CD. I can't really do much with it unless I find a Windows 95 copy out there somewhere to put on a virtual machine. Hmm. And, no, sorry, Microsoft. I'm not paying you for an old operating system. You know what? I wonder... Who wrote the book of if the it Earth? I wonder if it would work in Linux using Wine.
0: Oh, I should try that, too, because uh, Mac is essentially Linux, and uh, I know it has wine for I should try wine that. Wine
1: stands for wine is not an emulator. <laughs> it's a Windows emulator, quote-unquote. Yeah. And I've gotten other things to run in it really well, actually.
0: Um, you no, know, what I really want to get running is Simpsons Hit and Run. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I bought that when I briefly had a PC, and... Man, I would love to get that running. I think the only way I could do it is to uh, turn the CDs into ISO files and mount them in a virtual mm-hmm. machine.
1: Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought about doing that. that. I don't think that matters. I don't think it's going to
0: matter. Yeah, because I tried an ISO file for Daytona USA. It didn't work.
1: Okay. So, yeah, you're going to have a hard time uh, getting this to run in an emulator. And uh, when you do eventually, l- l- let's put it this way, it's worth trying to get it to run.
0: Yeah. It's
1: extremely worth trying to get it to run. So try to get it to run. (laughs) That's what we're kind of saying here. So um, is there any high scores on this?
0: Uh, Yeah, Orcade.com doesn't have any on there. In fact, it says, hey, there's no records here. Be the first. And of course, I don't think any place that would have it has an Orcade.com officiator. So um, having said all that, though, Twin Galaxies lists John E. McAllister as having the record of uh, finishing it in 16.5 seconds. And uh, that was submitted on May 17th, 2020. So just a couple of weeks ago from when we are recording this, specifically Time Attack Mode. Time Attack Mode. Yeah.
1: Nice. So I guess at this point, I thought I was going to talk more about this game because this is such a great game. But it, oh, my it's, God. It, the thing is, it at its core, it's basically just a racing game. What everything it does, it it's like out. It's like well, not even really. I was gonna say outrun dialed up to that. eleven. Yeah, it's not even in the same league as those. This is like next gen stuff. It really is. And man, what I would love to do
0: is just play this on our living room TV, our forty inch. Uh, thing mm-hmm. I, I know i know 40 inches is small we don't like big tvs but uh and and just sit right in front of the tv because man you really feel like you're going somewhere when you play the game
1: oh god yes i am uh. surprised i wasn't getting uh, motion sickness from this This <laughs> is a problem i have when i play games like half-life 2 hmm. especially the driving sequence in that, and driving sequence and boating sequences in that game so I'm going to ask you, and I think I may already oh. know what you're going to say to this, but uh, what are you rating this game?
0: I'm rating this 4 out of 5 continues for now. Uh, I can't, I don't feel I can give, I so want to give it 5, but mm-hmm. I don't feel qualified to give it a 5 at this point because I've only been able to play it in emulation with very limited uh, settings. Like I can, o- right now I can only play uh, say an automatic shift car and with... Uh, whatever I have at my disposal. I, I actually looked into, because I, I did some Googling and stuff, and I found that people were using uh, Logitech racing controllers for this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I'll just order a Logitech racing controller. And then I saw how much those damn things cost. <laughs>
1: they
0: cost like 300 bucks. I was like, no, I'm, not playing, I'm not paying 300 freaking dollars. Uh, 30 bucks, sure. 300, uh uh, uh. Especially not for a, j- just so we can do some research for a podcast. Mm-hmm. And then again, I'd probably play it a lot more. <laughs> but no, I am not. No, 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 no.
1: The one thing I love about this game, uh, and which I think I love the most about it, is if you considered the option between manual and, tr- and automatic and the three race courses, there's like six options there. But then you have the VR buttons, which changes the view of the vehicle, which adds a totally different dimension yeah. of play. You can be playing the same course, but you hit one of those buttons and it's suddenly new. And I think that feature alone makes this game worthy of a five. Mm. Like I said, I think this is the best racing game I've ever played in the arcade.
0: Yeah, and I do want to reserve the right to up my score to a five when I eventually get to play the game properly.
1: I will uh, make that reservation for you. So just make sure you show up on time for your table. Okay. All right. All right. So... So, yes, uh, definitely try to get this one running. You will not regret it. You might have to mm. do a lot of Googling, but you will not regret it. I think with that, we should r- move on to uh, bump and jump. Oh, shouldst we now? Yes, we should.
0: Okay. Ah, bump and jump. Aha, bump and jump. Huzzah, bump and jump. Okay, What did we come up with a intro say- saying for uh, 2020?
1: I think we're just winging it. All right, flip, flip. Oh, kind of like the birds behind you that I can hear? I love living out in the country sometimes. Yes, yeah, just like those birds. Yeah, just
0: like the Boyds. Uh, Bump and Jump. Uh, now, I'm probably going to be butchering some Japanese namage here, but I don't care because I'm trying. I mean, I do care, but I am trying. Uh, Bump and Jump was made by Nihon Busan uh, AV Japan, uh, the same company who made Burger Time, by the way, for Data East. And uh, the game was released in November of 1982 by Data East, and in North America, it was released by Bally Midway. And by the way, the Data East version came as both a standalone game and uh, part of the uh, Deco conversion system, uh, the famous cassette tape conversion system, I believe. Uh, fun fact, in Japan, Bump and Jump was called Burn Rubber. Burn and Rubber. I'll talk about the controls. Uh, The control, for those of you who never played this, uh, this is uh, a eight-way joystick, and it is an ambidextrous eight-way joystick because on either side of the joystick, you have jump buttons. Except on the burn and rubber cabinet in which the joystick is on the left, I don't know which buttons are which, but there's a pair of red buttons in the middle, they're rectangular, and a pair of rectangular green buttons on the right. Uh, I, one, of, one of those has got to be a player one, one of them has got to be a player two. I don't know what the other two are, but that's what it has. But uh, Bump and Jump, uh, I'm going to be honest, I I have never. I was. I never familiarized myself with Bump and Jump until just the past few years because I never played it in the arcades when it was first out. I've heard of it. I never played the home versions, but I've heard of it, of course. So I'm going to assume that other people have never perhaps played it before or seen the gameplay, but it is a top-down racing game. It kind of looks like Turbo in that regard. And uh, the player controls a red car, And your goal is to complete the level or pattern Uh, And each level or pattern represents a season. Like when you finish one pattern uh, during the bonus countdown and everything, the screen will tell you coming up next summer, coming up next winter.
1: If I might add here, I think that calling each level a pattern makes a lot more sense than calling a level a rack. But that's just me. Yeah like in solar fox
0: yeah i'm surprised that in the american version it doesn't call it a rack because that's a bally midway thing oh or is that a or is that a midway thing or is that a namco thing
1: no that's a bally midway that was solar Fla- F- solar fox was bally midway
0: okay all right and basically you got to avoid the edge of the road if you get to the edge of the road you go go off the road you lose a life and you crash you get three lives and no there's a bonus at some point i uh, We've had, what, six weeks to prep for this, and I did not take the time to get to know what the frequency is of getting an extra life. Uh, But the reason it's called bump and jump is that those are your two defenses. You can bump into other cars, and your car can jump. Their car can jump provided that the car is going the speed of 100. Uh, I don't know what units it's supposed to be because it doesn't give a unit indicator. It just has the speed, it just has the numbers. I don't know if it's miles per hour kilometers per hour. I'm just going to say miles per hour because hey, I'm so americentric, right? So let's just say it's 100 miles an hour is the minimum speed in which the car will jump. It will not jump if you're going slower. And by the way, the maximum speed, 220 miles per hour. And every time you jump or bump, your speed docks a little bit. Uh, And oh, here's something interesting that I only recently figured out. Well, I didn't figure out. I learned and I tried. Uh, You can actually warp to the other side of the screen in mid-jump say if you're on the left side of the screen and you jump and you keep moving left you'll come out of the right side of the screen huh which is very interesting but also very risky i c- i could never do it successfully i always lose a life cuz uh, i always land off the road when i do that uh it's vi- yeah you got to know when to time that uh And here's the thing, Uh, you bump and you jump and uh, you can score points by destroying other cars, either by running them off the road or into an obstacle or landing your car on them by jumping on them. Also, speaking of the jump, because this is a bird's eye view, it can be kind of hard to tell when you're going to need to jump because at some point down the road, there's going to be a waterway that (laughs) totally breaks your path and you have to jump over that thing. And because you're going so fast and you don't get to see, uh, you don't have very much peripheral vision in this game, there's a little exclamation point that flashes. You get a warning sound when you're going to need to jump or when it's a good idea to jump at least. And uh, you got to be ready to do that. Jump over the uh, waterway. Each pattern has at least one waterway. And um, there you go. You know the level is over because all of a sudden your car severely accelerates and there's nothing around it. You have wide open road and then all of a sudden you come to a stop at a gas tank. And then the pattern ending screen comes up and it tells you your score, your bonuses, and what's coming up next. What season is coming up next. And speaking of scores... You get eight points added to your score roughly every two seconds. That is exactly how it works. It's not that you get four points every second. It's you get eight points every two seconds, roughly. And when you destroy a car, you get anywhere between 200 and 500 points, depending on the car I don't know really how to describe most of these cars because they really from that view and the resolution of uh, an old game like this, it's kind of hard to describe the cars, but I'll talk about uh, the second most dangerous first, and that's what's called the death mobile. And you know, it's a death mobile because it'll have a skull and crossbones on it. It's like a, a red and orange skull and crossbones and it's a black car second most dangerous, and uh, if there are multiple death mobiles, they will try to gang up on you. If you destroy one of those, you get 500 points. If you destroy a police car, it'll be 500 points. Uh, the most dangerous vehicle on the road is a dump truck. and I, Oh, yeah. I couldn't even tell it was a dump truck just from the graphic, but uh, the dump truck, the reason it's so dangerous is it will drop a boulder on the road, usually when you least suspect it. And uh, if you destroy a dump truck, you get 300 points. Uh, Yellow cars are 300 points. I think the rest of the cars are 200 points each. And uh, there are different ways to score bonus points. Uh, The regular bonus is 100 times the level number times the number of cars destroyed. So, for example, if uh, if you're on level 4 then the base bonus is 400 points and so that gets multiplied by the number of cars you destroyed. The other bonus, and I don't think this is actually documented, you don't know you get this bonus until you actually get it, if you complete a pattern without directly destroying a car, then you get 50,000 points. That's a strategy a lot of bump and jump fans do. They avoid cars the entire trip just so they can get that easy 50,000 points. Otherwise, you're going to have to do a lot of work to get that kind of a score. And by the way, if you score points from other cars destroying themselves or destroying each other, but you don't actually destroy any of the cars, you'll still get the bonus. So as long as you're not the cause of cars getting destroyed, you get that bonus. So, really, that's the game. I should mention that every time you clear a pattern, the next pattern gets a little bit more complicated. You'll have more of the difficult vehicles on the road. Uh, You'll have more things to jump, more obstacles lying on the road, like more boulders and things lying on the road, more waterways. And uh, it gets to be really tricky. There are going to be a lot of times this game reminded me of Pac-Land. Where you have to mm-hmm. uh, jump off the springboard and then you have to jump off another one right away. There are oh, yeah. several levels in uh, mm-hmm. uh, bumpage yeah. Up, where as soon oh, as you hit the ground, you have to jump again, and you yeah, better—those
1: those are hard to time.
0: Yeah, and especially because you have to go be going really fast, because when you land, you're going to be going slower, and you just better hope you're not too slow to jump. Speaking of jumping, by the way, the very first jump you have to make to clear the water. Try not to be on the left side of the road or else you have a really good shot at uh destroying yourself. Oh yeah,
1: because because of the way that the the course is, it kinda like juts out. The edge of the road kinda like juts out like in a triangle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and, oh by the way, another reason I say this game kind of has a turbo vibe to it is the road is the road is really pretty straight. Really. There's that you don't make any huge bending turns or anything like you do in say pole position. But it's just well, a stream.
1: Be fair, it's a different perspective too. It is.
0: Actually, it's more the perspective of say Spy Hunter or APB than Turbo. Because Turbo, you do see some of the horizon, I believe. Uh,
1: or, uh, or do you? I don't think I
0: don't know. I don't I don't remember. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. But that's that's pretty much the game in a large nutshell right there. Uh, Jimmy G, have you any more to add that should be mentioned?
1: No. <laughs> Well, what I'm going to say is this is a fun game. Um, it's, it's fun. It's whimsical. You know, it's it's, uh, it's just kind of a fun game. Now, I've never had now there were several ports. I never had the Atari 2600 port. That one's kind of weird. I think they talked about that on. Uh, didn't furt talk about that recently? I, I know Antari
0: Visions did it not too long. Maybe that's what it was. It wasn't, it wasn't their
1: most recent one as of this recording. Right. But I think it was but their second Maybe most that's what it was. One. And uh, on the twenty six hundred version, the way that it shows the way they try to make it seem like the the rote the, the the car's tires are moving is like make them get bigger and and smaller it's kind of a weird effect but it was still a pretty good port uh it's not one i ever owned uh, i did own the nes version which i believe was put out by vic tokai incorporated i could be wrong about that yeah you could and, be and um that was uh that was a fun version this is just a fun cute whimsical game data east had something to do with it i don't remember exactly how they were involved with it but it does i think have even though it's a totally different kind of game, I think it does have kind of a Burger Time vibe to it in a way. But um, yeah, it's a fun game, challenging. It does seem to move a little slow—not the road, but like you know, trying to bump the people off the road. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, this is a this is a fun cutesy game. I kind of <sighs> like it. You see, the
0: thing is, this game bump and jump really makes me mad. It really does because oh? I. C- <sighs> There are times when I will go through two or three patterns, which, you know, kind of mediocre, I know. There are other times when I will be complete. I will, my game will be over before I even make it to the first waterway because it's just so, uh, it's, and the the thing is at the same time, it'll anger me so much that I'll never want to play it again. Yet I find myself putting another coin in, putting another credit in and playing it again. I don't know what it is about it, but that's that's what happens i think what it is i the big thing that i think is really the key here is avoiding bumping into anything because when you bump you ricochet hard you there's like a lot more you see the whole thing about equal and opposite you you know what here video game physics so let's have the uh thing it's time for another edition of video Video game physics In this edition of video game physics, we examine the uh, uh, lack thereof of the equal and opposite reaction. Because I, there's no way that the reactions when you bump or are bumped, there's no way they are equal or opposite. They're exaggerated. They're exaggerated. It it doesn't match real physics. And uh, you get just, you could bump someone from behind and all of a sudden you're going to go like 40 feet to the left. And that that bugs me. So yeah, I I say it's right. Yeah, really, when I'm playing this game, I'm actually jumping as much as I can, partly to avoid cars just so I can get that 50,000-point bonus and partly to avoid bumping or being bumped. Because, man, bumping is dangerous, as they say. Oh, gosh, yes. Jumping, I don't really have a problem with. The only thing is, like, if you jump... And you'll you could find yourself with no other option but to land on a car because there might be a huge swarm of cars right where you're gonna land and there's no way to avoid them, which means bye-bye 50000 point bonus. But hey, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do?
1: Just gonna do,
0: you know? Yeah, so so indeed. So yeah, and, uh, yeah, home versions, already mentioned the Atari 2600 version. Uh, the Intellivision version, I believe, came first before the 2600 version. I believe so. And there was a ColecoVision version. And Data East did a version for the uh, NES or Famicom.
1: Uh, I think it was out for both versions of that. Uh, but I they... could have sworn my, the version I had was by Vic Tokai.
0: Hmm. But, yeah, it was. Uh, might have
1: oh, been. I'm looking it up on uh, Google right now.
0: Ooh. Yeah, What, what does uh, the Goog say?
1: Let's see here. Uh, Tokai Communications. Victor, da, 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 da. Yeah, according to this, they did release Bump and Jump in 1988 for the NES in North America.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right, yeah. It was called Bump and Jump there, but in uh, Japan for the Famicom, they called it Buggy Popper.
1: Buggy Popper? It's
0: yeah. It was released by Data East. It was the same. They are both the same game. They were just called different things by different companies. And uh, there's a big difference between the NES version and the arcade version. Do
1: you remember that difference? They added a plot to the NES version where you were chasing, uh, trying to rescue your girlfriend. And I believe you rescued her on level 99. Really? I I watched a, a playthrough. And then she just gets kidnapped again right away. So they basically almost turn it into Spy Hunter in a way without the shooting, I
0: guess. In a way, I guess. Yeah. What I was thinking of though is that the uh, NES version, you actually have to refuel during oh, the course. Oh yes, you have to yes. pick up cans of gas. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Especially if uh, your car goes fast. But yeah, the only yeah the refueling in the arcade version it it just happens automatically at the end of the pattern. You don't run out of fuel, technically. And-
1: we're talking about ports, and I did some looking, and there was a 3D version of Bump and Jump. It was a fan-made game in 2004, hmm. and I've been looking for it. Um, it's not on Archive, and the site that uploaded it to archive.org went down. Uh, must have been a long time ago, and uh, I haven't been able to find it.
0: Hmm.
1: But it looks interesting. Hmm. This, would be, this would be an interesting game in 3D, I think. Huh. In fact, let's uh, go to YouTube. Let's see if it's up here. The Bump, jump, three
0: D. And by the way, they're um, both uh, no, uh, cabinet. They're they're both uh, full size cabinets and cocktail versions of uh, bump and jump. Uh, what? It's interesting that neither the Japanese nor the North American version uses a steering wheel. It's all uh, joystick.
1: Well, they didn't really have a steering controller for the NES. The only thing that was close was the <clears throat> Voss controller for the NES, which came packaged with, um, oh, what game was it? Arkanoid. Oh. Uh, now, okay, I'm just looking here to see what level the NES one ended on. Oh, wow, they even have a uh, an upgrade and repair system on the NES version. I must not have gotten that far in the game. Oh, you rescue her in scene 16. Oh, okay. So it's not scene 99 like I thought. Ha. Huh. So, yeah, like yeah. like I would be able to get to scene 16 anyway. So, it might as well yeah, right. be 99. So, okay. Well, that's I when you use little, your
0: game genie. I never had a game genie. Ooh, look at you. Never Somebody there's a hack a day for a game genie for Atari 2600, I think. Really? Yeah.
1: I think I saw that, yes. I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
0: if I can find that, I'll link that in the show notes, even though we only talked about it for like half a second. Yeah. But, uh, Jimmy G, where did you first see and or play Daytona? Or, no, uh, Bump and Jump. Bump or, and Jump. Or Burn and Rubber if you were in Japan.
1: I don't know. I don't know where I first played this. If I was to guess, it was probably Putt-Putt, but hmm. I honestly don't know. I do know I played it in the arcade back in the classic era. But this is just one game that I just could not tell you where I played it.
0: I did not play this game at all in any way, shape, or form in the classic era. The first time I ever really played this was just a few years ago at Underground Retrocade. and ah. So, yeah. And I, I think I got the 50,000 point bonus once or twice. But other than that, you know, I I didn't score anywhere nearly as well as, say, Robert McCauley, who, according to Orcade.com, A-U-R-C-A-D-E again, uh, that got a 1,649,072 on May 31st, 2013. Or John McNeil, who has the Twin Galaxies high score of 5,869,264, which was submitted October 16th, 2015. Yeah. But yeah, I really i I don't know why I didn't fire up the twenty six hundred version of it. I have it on my Harmony card.
1: It's really pretty fun.
0: I should try. I, hmm, maybe I'll do that as soon as we're done recording here.
1: Yeah, I'm, yeah It's it's uh, really a, a a fun arcade conversion, and I, in my opinion, probably. No, well, maybe not the, the the only good one, but it's definitely the best uh, arcade conversion that uh, Mattel put out on the 2600, which really, really not a hard mountain to climb. Is it what, even better than version, Mattel's Burger Time? Dog crap is better than Mattel's Burger Time on the 2600. Huh, really?
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I just play, I, I played the Burger Time on the 2600 not too long, like a couple of weeks ago, and man, I... I don't remember how I sp- how I played it so much as a kid, when I borrowed it from my next door neighbor. But man, it is excruciating. It takes yeah. like it takes like four hours just to like make one
1: burger. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's it's freaking slow. I what did uh, I? I tried messing with some of the settings in uh, Stella to try to like give me extra peppers or lives or something so that I could uh, get through, and nothing I tried worked. So I just. Plowed through it. It's only got like four levels. And, the, you know, we've talked about that version of a burger time in the infinitum. Don't play it. Just wait to see <laughs> if uh, Chaotic Grill for the 2600 ever gets released because that's shaping oh, yeah. up to be really good.
0: Yeah, or get a 5200 8 bit or a 7800 and get, uh, oh, I suddenly can't remember. A beef drop. Beef drop. Yeah. Beef drop. Yeah. Hey, uh, um, how about uh, how about the Eugenio email? How about it? Yeah. Where is it? Here it oh, is. I have it up. I can.
1: Okay. All right, it's, a, it's a short, short email.
0: Greetings, Sean and Jim. How are you guys doing? Well, I think you already know the answer from what we said before. Uh, I hope you are safe and sound from COVID-19. I'm going to interject here. I if, if I have it, I'm asymptomatic. My wife and I are so far okay. And I assume that you and your family are as well, Jimmy G. Yep. Things in my office remain unchanged. Uh, same with me because nobody's been in our office for three months. <laughs> Yeah, uh, where I work, by the way, is Michigan Avenue, and there was a little bit of rioting on Michigan Avenue. Our building, totally untouched, thank God. Good. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're still doing telehealth visits for both the safety of the patients and ourselves. Oh, I had a telehealth visit with my sleep specialist recently, and I'm doing really well, so yay. Uh, Anyway, sorry, Eugenio. Uh, As I write this, it does appear that we have a treatment that can be used for patients who are sicker and that is effective. That was really good news to read about. Let's hope that reduces the deaths associated with the virus. Oh, I wonder if it's that experimental treatment that's. Uh, there was some woman in Chicago who did who took it. She was. They were just about ready to put her on a ventilator, and they gave her this experimental treatment that's out, and almost instantaneously, she felt a huge difference, and she was able. to Was read it the plasma mama.
1: transplant?
0: I don't know if it was a. Pl- I think it was a certain drug actually.
1: Really. And she okay. went through
0: like seven days of treatment, and she was like, "Oh my god, this was amazing." But yeah, anyway, uh, let's switch gear though, so I can give you feedback on the two games you'll be discussing today. Uh, number one, Daytona USA. Hey, how did he know we were going in that order? How did he know? Uh, he's a doctor? you uh, That's, yeah, but he's, oh, that's right. He's an endocrinologist, which means he specializes in organs. The brain is an organ. Eugenio, get out of our brains.
1: Yeah, let's go with that.
0: Oh, man. Either that or do a knowledge transfer so we can be smart, too. Oh, man.
1: Smart us, please.
0: Uh, Daytona USA, though I've seen this game in arcades. I have never actually played it, nor have I played any of the ports to home systems, as I have never owned the consoles it was released for. Sega Saturn, PS3, and Xbox 360. Oh, I should maybe try a Sega Saturn emulator. Or see if there's oh, a Sega Saturn core in my... Uh, you know, I do have Mr. a Sega
1: Saturn, and I have a device that allows me to use burned games on it.
0: Ah, and I've oh And I have not...
1: Hmm. I'm about to see if I can find the ISO.
0: No. So uh, he goes on to say, after reading some about the game and watching videos, I have to say this does look like one fantastic racing game. I have to figure out how I can give it a spin. And then he talks about bump and jump. He says, this one bump I can remember and playing, and I quote, back in the day... <laughs> At the local arcade in my hometown, it was one of my cousins who saw the machine first and we both went to give it a try. We both found the game to be fun to play and different from the other driving and racing games we had played at the arcade. Here we had to hit the other cars to get them off the road, or we had to jump over them. The first time we played it, everything was fine until we got to the first bridge. We were like, what the heck? We learned how to deal with them soon enough. Of course, I had to buy the game for my trusty 2600 when it was released. The 2600 version has very simplified graphics, but it really adapts the game quite what it it really adapts the gameplay quite. But it really adapts the gameplay quite well. It even has in-game music, which is unusual for a 2600 game. Oh, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, (laughs) Years (laughs) later, I got the Intellivision version, which I think is probably one of the best ports of the game on a home system. Uh, Keith, if you're listening, can you confirm? (laughs) 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 It looks better than the 2600 version. Your car is rendered in multiple colors. Oh, nice, nice. I learned there was a version for the ColecoVision that I've not tried myself, but I've read mixed reviews of. I'll have to give it a try myself, though, once I get my Phoenix so I can properly judge this one. Oh, my God. I can't, I can't! Now I really can't wait to see the get my Phoenix that I ordered a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case you didn't, those of you who don't follow us on Facebook, I believe we shared a uh, article about the CollectorVision Phoenix. Basically, if you want one, get in now. They're about to finalize it and there will be no new, uh, there will be no third production, I guess. Um, Eugenio says, then there's the NES version. I'm sorry, but that's not the same game. It shares similar mechanics, but it is more like an update of original than a real port. Then there's a version for Windows that's really cool. I did not know that. Oh, this is the one. It modernizes the game by doing it in 3D with an angled perspective from behind your car. The gameplay, Mm -hmm. though, is exactly the same as the arcade. I don't know if you guys are aware of this version. I'm sharing the link to an archive where you can find it. If you haven't tried it, I suggest you do. And yeah, sure enough, we are putting...
1: That's the link. You we know what? They are the link so
0: linking this in the show notes. Yeah. That's, but you
1: know what? That's only a screenshot of the game. Are you sure about that? Yes, I'm on the page right now. And um, it'll only allow you to download the, uh, the screenshot, as far as I can tell. And the. Um, bu, 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 bu. Well, just for
0: fun, I'm downloading the zip file right
1: now. Oh, but, I don't know, though. Maybe it is. Maybe you are right, because it's 3.6 megabytes. I'll yeah, it.
0: let me see. Let's see. I'm opening it. Yeah, there is an EXE file on
1: it. Oh, okay. I'm wrong. I'm wrong.
0: <laughs>
1: so it is there, and I am downloading it as we speak.
0: Yeah. Oh, let me see if I can open it in Wine. Okay. Let's see. Uh doody 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 do. Ah, uh, yeah. I can't, I can't open it in Wine, but yeah, there. Yeah, there's definitely a thingy in there. Uh so yeah. Oh, yeah. It's from 2004. Yeah, let's yeah, I, I'm gonna have to try that. I really am. Oh, there was something else that I wanted to address here. Um I'm, I'm, let me see. Oh yeah, this, um, yeah, Eugenio called it a driving racing game, which I appreciate that he he kind of like broadened it from just racing because I don't think it's really a racing game at all. It's just survive the path kind of thing.
1: It's racing in a sense. Yeah, i you're not really is, racing though.
0: No. It's no, more you're spy not.
1: hunter where it's more spy hunter-ish because yeah. you're not racing.
0: The program bumpandjump.exe has encountered a serious problem and needs to close. We are sorry for the inconvenience. This can be caused by a problem in the program or a deficiency in wine.
1: (laughs) Alright, let me see if I Oh, excuse me. Let me see if it'll work in uh, Windows here. (laughs) Oh, geez. Ah. Zip. Extract to bump and jump. Yep. Uh. Ooh, resolution selection. Let's go with six. Oh, I have to use this one. Oh, That was probably a bad idea. Uh, Let's see. Press space to start. Ooh, it's working. Oh, holy cow, this is fun. Whoa, it's fast. Well,
0: I can look at at the textures. (laughs) Oh, mercy sakes.
1: You know what? I got a thought here.
0: Oh, do you know?
1: If this little, okay. Um uh, yeah 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 whatever antivirus. Let me do this. Let me pull up here and I believe I can share my screen with you. Okay, let's share that. My entire screen. Okay, can you see it okay? So to speak.
0: Uh, let's see. Oh, I I see like a whole cascade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, go let's with C4 here. Oh that looks nice. Wait. Right. It's choppy, but it might just be uh, the. Uh... Oh, that's pretty cool.
1: Oh gosh, it's got a Hooters billboard. <laughs> yeah, you can. Pr- you can. They're Shark all PNG Ravage files. People. You
0: can put your own. bill, You can change those and put oh, whatever heck, you yeah, want. Oh heck, I want to have to. Yeah. Oh, you get it to jump.
1: Oh wow, this oh, is man. fun. Oh man.
0: Now what I want to do is I want to land on one of those islands sometimes. See like if you get like a hidden bonus or something. Especially because a lot of times there's a car parked there. How do they get the cars on those islands? Well, unless there's a ferry or something. Oh, man. Oh, that's cool. That is cool.
1: Oh, that's not a...
0: Uh, Eugenio, thanks for... Uh, oh, yeah, this is awesome. our attention to this. This is really cool.
1: Here we go. Oh, shoot, I didn't hit no, my space man. part of time. Okay, let's exit out of that. That's fun. That's neat. I like that. Yeah, that, look, that looks thanks really for cool. Thanks Yeah. Okay, stop sharing oh, my man. desktop. There you go. You are no longer on my uh, computer. Ah, uh, like there's anything on okay. here you want, so
0: anyway, uh, getting back to uh, you uh, Eugenio here. Oh, uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, oh, that's it. He says, Thanks, he said, That's it for today. Stay safe from Corona. Going to the final frontier gaming, Hinio. Thank you so much. Eugenio. Thank you as always for your emails. Yes, yes. Uh, but other than that, I, I do we have anything else we need to uh, mention
1: here? No, except for maybe the theme, which we were having a hard time putting together.
0: Oh yeah, the theme.
1: (laughs) Yeah, these were two games we were wanting to talk about for some time, and now that we talked about them, we're glad we did. It's just we couldn't think of a theme that tied them together. Yes, we could. Yeah, there is. There actually is a theme.
0: Oh come on! I think this ties it together perfectly because here is the thing. Here is the thing. Sega, who did Daytona USA, was once known as Nihon Goraku, or is it Gorak? I don't remember if there's a silent U in there. Busan. And um, Bump and Jump was made by Nihon Busan. So you have those two words in common from each of these two companies who made these games. And on top of all that, both games, you are controlling a red car. So there... And I did a very stern, big nod—just a one-way nod with my head, kind of Muppet style.
1: Okay, bit of a, it's a bit of a stretch. There's the but theme. It's
0: a theme. <sighs> so yeah, and uh, here's what's not a stretch. The the not a stretch is that we are very, very grateful for the following donors to Pie Factory Podcast on Patreon.com/slash Pie Factory Podcast. So thank you to all of the following. Thank you to uh, Keith Sheehan, Underground Retrocade, Mike Hat NJ, Mark Super, New Balance Stores Phoenix, Christian Williams, D. Alex, Lance Endries, Richard Valdez, Kurt Musgrave, Timmy Mack, PJ Steele, Art Guglielmo, Airshack Steve Steiner, Rory Coleman. Oh, by the way, speaking of Airshack, I still haven't tried those TI games you told me to try Uh, on my Uh mister But uh, anyway, um, Steve Steiner, thank you. Rory Coleman, thank you. Franco Dragon, thank you. Kyle Eder, Atari Bytes, Snes Podcast, uh, Richard Grounds, Tim Foley, and Nate Lockhart, thank you all so much. And thank you, uh, in thank the meantime, you, uh, you can reach out to us. So we uh, we have an active Facebook page. Uh, we're also on Me We, which I'm still trying to figure out. It's a, it's a if you're used to Facebook, Me We has takes a, has a lot of learning curve. I think. Uh, we're on Twitter at PFP. Our email address is PyFactory at Fab4IT.com or something.
1: Real quick, did we rate the game? Did we rate Bump and Jump?
0: I did not rate. I'm going to rate it a three out of okay. five continues. Sean yes. rates it
1: a three out of five. Jim rates it a four out of five. Oh. I liked it. I think it's a fun day. Fun, cutesy game. Oh, oh do you As know? Said. But,
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's bump and jump. Bump and uh, what are we uh, covering for the next? Um, what do we call it? episode? I think.
1: Yeah, the next episode we're going to talk about space fury and tech scan. Space fury tech and tech scan. Ah, uh, uh, what? What could the theme
0: be? Hmm. Ooh, hmm.
1: whatever could it be? So,
0: what could it be? Indeed. So,
1: with that, we will let you all go. Uh, thank you for joining us again, and um, just a little reminder. Um, we do welcome people friending us on Facebook, just, uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. we welcome fa- people friending us on Facebook, just, uh, you know, one of us gets angry all the time and it's not Sean. <laughs> yeah. And also if, if
0: you're friending us and we might not recognize your name, like it says, like give us a message yeah. saying, Hey, I'm, I listened to the podcast and then like, Oh, okay. So that way we know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh yeah, what else can I say other than you know, stay safe, everybody. Oh, speaking of space fury, uh let's keep that space fury at six feet uh for the time being until we know that we're all safe.
1: And make sure you scan your tax by yourself.
0: Yes, indeed. Or have H and R block do yes. it. Yes. Does that count as a pun? That I just uh, said
1: I, you know, I'll, I'll, judges, we'll allow it. Okay. All right, good, good, good. Not a very good all one, right, so but we... it's a pun.
0: Yeah, Sean in Chicago, Questionably, Illinois.
1: And Jim G, you know me, you love me, I hope you do. Yeah. Yeah. Bye-bye. Toots.
0: This episode of the Pie
1: Factory Podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is the Happy L composed by Sean Courtney. Love theme from Adenda and Errata was composed by Jim Gobel. Follow the Pie Factory Podcast online via Facebook, on Twitter at Pie Factory PFP, or on PieFactoryPodcast.com. Support the show at patreon.com slash pie factory podcast. Hear those sighs of happiness? Yes. Now I know I simply must wear my grass skirt. You sound like the farmer's wife.